Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hey listeners, I want to tell you about a new partner, Arostia, a new coffee roaster based in Queens. This company was created by and is run by a huge fish fan, Andy Hollander, who hasn't caught a hold your head up since 12, 15, 95, but is definitely not bitter about it. I've had this coffee and it's really great. Andy started roasting coffee during the pandemic, taught himself, and then that turned into this label, Arostia, which launched late last year. I had a bag of the Ethiopian coffee and it was gone really quickly because I liked it so much and I drank a lot of it and I need more. The beans were grown at an altitude of 2,100 meters above sea level, which contributes to a dense bean that continues to develop its flavors after the roasting process is done. The tasting notes include apple, raisin, and caramel, and there are more coffees coming very soon. So support this fan-owned business and try the coffee today. And for Osiris listeners, there's a 10% discount code on the site. Use the code OSIRIS at checkout for 10% off your order, and stay tuned for the launch of a coffee subscription. You can order and sign up for the mailing list at arostia.com. That's A-R-O-A-S-T-I-A.com. And you can find Arostia on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks, Arostia. Hey, listeners. I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out MagicalMysteryCamp.com slash HelpingFriendly to learn more.
Hey everyone, this is the Helping Friendly Podcast. This is a quick hit from night one of MSG, Baker's Dozen has begun, and we're here with two um, returning guests, Mike, who's at Lawn Memo. Um, hey Mike, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, RJ. It's good to be here, and it's a nice start to the run here. Yeah, and I would say that um, if people haven't yet, they should check out your your new podcast, All In with Aqueous, which is, which is pretty sweet. Um, so congrats on getting that going. Thank you. Yeah, you can uh, check it out right at allinwithaqueous.com if you'd like. Sweet. And uh, also on the phone is Diana. Hey, Diana. Hey, how's it going? Good. Welcome back. Um, Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you were you were very much invited for this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> actually, Mike, Mike, and Diana are in the same apartment. They're just in different rooms because they both <laughs> wanted to be able to express their opinions. So. Um, so yeah, we had, we had a fight over what was the best jam last <laughs> yeah, exactly. night. And she kicked me outside into the couch. Yeah, well, we're gonna get into that. I may that. have crashed this podcast. There's a lot. No, you're never crashing. You're always invited. It's an open invite every episode. Um, so before we get into, we have a lot to talk about music and things. But first, um, I, we did ask people to submit their own audio recordings of of parts of the show, either before or set break or after, and we got a pretty good one. And this one is all about donuts. So let me just play that real quick, and then we'll um, continue our conversation. Elliot and Anna reporting from inside MSG on Friday night, July twenty first. First, an update on what we think the openers will be, Anna garden party and elliot's there for a big mic song opener with the last show song the last song of the last show being week don't how about an update on your donut sauna what kind of donut did you have tonight i had a coconut donut but it tasted like lemon cake i was handed a free donut on the street right outside of uh one of the ponies on 7th avenue and it said fish written on it in red writing on a lemon glazed donut and security made me eat it online in front of everyone before going through the uh metal detector needless to say it was delicious but quick signing off have a great show glaze on glaze on all right so let's i guess we should start there did you guys have donuts I did. Uh, We ran into Felicia um, inside, and she happened to be holding some extra donuts, so we luckily got one. Um, I know coconut can be a kind of a polarizing flavor, but I am personally on Team Coconut, so that was a pretty delightful surprise. It was very tasty. Nice. Awesome. Mike, you you partook? I did not. Um, I was diagnosed with high cholesterol pretty much right before the run, so this is pretty awful (laughs) for me right now. (laughs) Uh, so that was uh, a little rough, but I also did not see a donut when I walked in. I was in early, so I don't know where they were. I did eat some Ben and Jerry's ice cream, though, and it was awesome. Right on. Um, awesome. So the freezer reprise, huh? My doctor will still be angry at me, yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so um, what was it like, guys, going in there? I mean, obviously, the anticipation for this was out of control, maybe more than anything I can remember, um, maybe since Coventry, but probably different results here. But what was it like going in there and, and the energy? I thought it was really at a, a fever pitch. Um, you know, generally, during that um, New Year's run, people are cold, so they're kind of not really milling about outside, but with the ice cream outside and uh, water wheel and head count were all outside. Like it was just a big party outside of the garden and then nice. getting inside. Like, a, you know, I couldn't walk 10 feet without falling over a friend and so many people and so many hugs. It was a uh, really, really something else. Nice. That's great. What about you, Mike? Yeah, I would say um, it was pretty, pretty high 
intensity and I don't know, it's just, you know, it's MSG, it's New York, it's always cool. It's the epicenter of the world kind of thing. And, you know, with, with how they played the first five shows, you could feel that, you know, everybody's pretty pumped to see what's going to happen. So I, I definitely felt it and it, it was pretty exciting going in. So I, I think it's just going to build as we kind of go forward, but it was definitely super high on night one. Nice. And so obviously they open up with a coconut song and I apologize for babies in the background, but you know, it's how the weekends go around here. Um, and what else, what else did you guys think about the first set? Uh, timber was amazing. Um, it's Incredible our buddy jam. Kenny's favorite song and he unfortunately had to miss that show last night. So I was a little sad cause he missed that, but, uh, wow, that was really, really something else. Um, also I'm a big fan of pigtail, so I was happy to see that even though they forked to the beginning of it. Um, <laughs> Reba was beautiful, a uh, nice surprise there. And then moon age daydream was re- Wow. <laughs> I, you could have knocked me over at that point. I was really blown away. I didn't know if those Bowie songs were coming back, so I'm happy to see that maybe some other ones will, uh, you know, make it back into the repertoire. Yeah. That, um, and it was a good placement, like after that really beautiful Reba jam to get it back up rocking before the walls of the cave. Mike, anything to add to that on, on set one? I loved, um, you know, Shake Your Coconuts is such a fishy thing. And, you know, this is a, a very fishy run with all the different crazy stuff going on. It kind of gets me uh, feeling like the old school days a little bit. And um, almost like when they first went to Madison Square Garden, it kind of feels a little bit fresh and new. Uh, you know, to be in there in the summer, it's a lot different. So, like, the Shake Your Coconuts was hilarious. Great lyrics. Um, I thought that was great. I thought that the set kind of struggled a little bit in the middle timber was certainly great but um it was very up and down and it kind of sucked the energy out for me a little bit but i thought the reba moon age daydream and walls closing trio was super awesome and reba was great moon age daydream was phenomenal and i thought it was a really strong walls and i'm a big fan of that song and i i thought that they really crushed the end of that and going into step break thought it it pumped a ton of energy into there and i was it, it had everything ready for set two so you know up and down for me it wasn't the most complete set but i thought it really closed like uh like wildfire it was real good nice and um so what do you guys think is the no repeats thing on is it just going to be the the flavor of the donut sort of uh gimmick over the next 13 shows what were you guys feeling at set break or or have you talked about that after I had a bet um, that they were not going to repeat anything all summer, which I lost pretty immediately as soon as the show started when they went into Martian last <laughs> <Yeah>. year. <laughs> so <laughs> clearly I have no idea what's going on. I think it would be fun if they did no repeats. Um, obviously, everybody wants a tweezer, uh, so it would be sad if that was the only one. But they sure certainly would. have the ability to do it. Um, and, you know, if that means instead of a crazy tweezer jam they'll jam out some other songs that don't usually get jammed out uh you know i'm all about that what do you think mike yeah i i i actually diana and i had talked about i i had a a little hope that they weren't going to repeat anything all tour but that you know like she said that got crushed quick but i do think that there's going to be no repeats for msg i think this is a, a type of thing they they like publicity and it, you know, that will get picked up all over the place. Fish plays 13 nights, no repeats. I think it's a shot of Billy Joel. I mean, it's a, a million things that it could cover. 
Um, I am very hopeful for that. I mean, I may not be the same as a lot of fans. I'm kind of a big nerd and like to hear a bunch of different stuff that haven't been played. So, you know, if, and I actually would be super excited to where that would lead for jams, playing all kinds of different songs like they already have. You know, they all have different types of jams that they, they go into. So if we get a jammed out, you know, crazy song that like Mr. Completely the other night, you know, I think that breeds a different type of jamming instead of just, you know, in a box where they normally go with tweezer and mics and different things like that. So yeah. I I hope that there's different stuff um, coming and that it's 13 nights of different music, but you know, whatever they want to do, it's, it's going to be fun no matter what. And I do think the donut theme is definitely going to be in play just like last night with the coconut, yeah. you know, strawberries tonight. I think, you know, I, you know, Twitter's already going nuts with different predictions. I definitely think they're going to do that. I think that's a cool thing and they'll play some crazy covers and, you know, like, you know, last night. So yeah, so far, that's what I think. And I certainly hope I, you know, I would love to see some crazy songs, a bunch of Mike songs that have never been played. And, you know, I would love to love to see that. So I keep, for some reason, I keep thinking about a jammed out plasma, um, which would be pretty sweet. It's my yep. favorite tab song. So if nice. we get that, uh, RJ, I will call you or something. <laughs> cool. So tell me, so Diana, what a, tell, talk about a little bit about the second set. Sure. Um, so I actually brought my brother and his girlfriend to their first fish show last night. <laughs> so uh, I'll, you know, first set, I'm kind of explaining the song's this, the song's this. So at that break, you know, I was saying, um, I really, you know, it would be awesome if they open this set with Tweezer. It's kind of like the quintessential fish song, um, you know, and it's huge and everybody loves it. So when they opened with Tweezer, it was, I was pretty pretty stoked uh, for a number of reasons, but um, yeah. yeah, they just like what Mike's saying, continuing the Reba Moon Age walls uh, peaky intensity. Uh, they did not slow down. They came out of the gates, uh, you know, guns a blazing with that tweezer, and then into Seven Below. That was gorgeous. Um, I actually was talking to Noob Katie Kate um, in the bathroom. Uh-huh break um i think we were talking about my brother's first show and her first show was albany so we were talking about the albany seven below and i think we kind of manifested that i'm not taking full credit for it but that is awesome. i think uh, <laughs> but that was that's probably the the most jammed out seven below that i've ever heard i thought billy breathes was a beautiful little uh breather and then after that three three song coupling to go into sparkle i was just cracking up i turned around to my brother and said this is kind of silly <laughs> yeah which is very um, typical that's very fish right exactly um and then everything's right that's a super good fit for that song you know a new one into slave classic beautiful yeah i like that a lot Susie to, to close it out and then we thought that was going to end the set and they come together for the acapella they put the line in the coconut like i i couldn't stop smiling it was it was a a pretty perfect set. I really don't have any complaints about that set. That's my take. <laughs> what about you, Michael? Mike? Anything to add? <laughs> uh, sure, sure. Um, I I thought um, Tweezer 7 Below especially was very strong. Um, Tweezer just seemed kind of effortless. Like I didn't even feel like they were trying, and it just was so smooth naturally all the way through the jam. And um, it was great. I mean, it wasn't like the, your huge, you know, massive, everyone will remember that tweezer, but it was great. 
And I think it showed off where they are as a, as a jamming band right now. And I thought it was very good. And then to go into seven below, um, one of my favorites, I think all of the round room songs have aged really nicely. I mean, when I was younger, I liked them, but now they haven't played them that much. So they, you know, when they play them, I'm always super psyched to hear them and seven below, especially because you know, the great thing about seven below is it's only about two minutes of composed, you know, section, and then they're right into the jam. So it might be 12 minutes. But there's, you know, 10 minutes of jamming in there. So to come off that tweezer, you almost had a solid 30 minutes of jams between the two. And I thought the seven below was super strong with Fishman kind of really killing it uh, during that. And then, you know, I I love Billy Breeze, too. Again, I thought that was a great cool down, just like um, Mountains in the Mist and Dayton. I thought it was a great placement. And then Everything's Right is awesome. Absolutely awesome. I love the jam in this one. I love the jam in Chicago. That song just seems tailor-made. And I, another one where I just think it's like super effortless when they go into the jam. And the one in Chicago was mind-blowingly cool with some Floydian stuff. And this one just had some funk. So I'm really excited to see where that song will go in the future. And then, you know, I thought the end was great. And Slave, I thought, actually might close the set. But Susie Greenberg was cool on the top. And the place was going nuts and showed off the light rig. And then uh, Lime and the Coconut was great. And then I loved, I thought the Encore was great. Mango Song was super cool. And Good Times, Bad Times had a lot of punch to it. Yeah, it did. So it's strong. I thought it was really strong. The whole second set was great. And then uh, the Encore was super good, too. Yeah, I think everyone obviously was waiting for Tweezer Reprise, or at least what I was watching and waiting for that. But the um, there's there's something going on there. We'll see what happens. Um, the oh, I'm sure the um, the acapella coconut um, I thought was really like on the webcast. They were really up close, and just the um, yeah the different phrasings and everything that all four of them were doing was super impressive. It was like really cool to watch. Clearly, they had it was it took a lot of practice to get get that down, which was it was just cool to see. It seems like they're really invested in this, you know? I agree. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. It's, I grew up on that song, so it was super fun to hear. Diana, any <laughs> um, any any last words? Um, no, I think I'm just, along with everybody else who attended last night's show, I'm super excited to see what they're going to do tonight, um, what kind of strawberry songs they'll, they'll whip out for us. Um, M Dog on Twitter, Manning422, has been searching the lyrics database and he presented that Haley's is the only song that has uh, strawberry lyrics in it. I did, he did also tweet yesterday that Rebo is the only song that has coconut in it. So I have a nice. good feeling we might get a nice Haley's tonight. Uh, maybe actually jammed out, give it some love for a change. Um, and then any sort of strawberry, co- I, my bet is, or my, my hope would be strawberry letter 23, uh, for the cover tonight, but you know, strawberry fields probably seems like a, an easier bet, but you know, who knows? They don't really like to do stuff that's easy or predictable. Yeah. Well, I, I hope you guys have fun because, um, I think it, it seems like it's off to a pretty awesome start. Um, and Diana, you will be on stage with us next Saturday. I will. There's a stage? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you know, whether there's not a, whether there's a stage or not, we're going to call it a stage, so. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, so we're going to... I'm excited for that. Yeah, we're excited, I just, too. I just, RJ, real quick, I wanted to touch on um, how impressed I was with the lights last night, with the um, the overhead lights, you know, on the roof. It's unbelievable. The whole, he lights those side ones up, and it's just crazy with the lighting rig he has from the stage. I was blown away multiple times. And, um, 
I so I also think that this show is really good, but I think it's going to end up somewhere in the middle of where I think all these shows are going to come up. That's kind of where I think everything's going. Very good, but I think there's going to be uh, a lot better, to be honest. So awesome. I think there's going to be some super memorable shows coming forward. Um, but it was still a great show. I mean, it was a blast. Everybody had a, it was a very good high energy show for sure. If this show ends up in the middle of the dozen, I would, I'm very, very excited to see what's coming next because I really, after that show, I, I was like, I couldn't have asked for a better first show to bring my brother to. He's already like, when can I come next? <laughs> nice. That's, what, that's how you want to, yeah, that's how you want to go out. Um, that's great. Well, thank you guys for joining. And, um, we're going to play a little bit of the, uh, moon age daydream, um, after this. So hope people enjoy and thanks guys for taking the time. Thanks, RJ. Sorry, Dave. All right. Have fun. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts.
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast. And we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. Got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast.